So the term street nurse got coined by a homeless man. It was seen as a compliment because somebody might refer to a homeless friend as a street brother or sister. And so we, we took the term on, but we use it as a political term to say homelessness has gotten so bad in this country that there's a whole nursing specialty now that has evolved. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa Donato, And I'm Marion Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing, a Penn Nursing podcast supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy, and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. Today on Amplify Nursing, we speak to street nurse Kathy Crow. Kathy has been a nurse and advocate for over 30 years. Working with Canada's homeless population, she uses her influence to bring Canada's most impoverished citizens to the forefront of national consciousness. In her new book, A Knapsack Full of Dreams, Kathy talks about her experiences and lessons learned along the way. Thank you so much for coming on, and um, we're really interested to hear about your work. So why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing? Sure. So I'm in um, right smack in the middle of downtown Toronto where I live, and most of my work has been in downtown Toronto. Um, I call myself a street nurse. I've been a street nurse for over 32 years. But I've been a nurse for longer and longer than that. Um, And I can get more into that in a little bit if you want. Um, um, I I went to a hospital school of nursing back in the days when they still existed in Canada. It was Toronto General Hospital School of Nursing. And then I worked um, in cardiology and then ended up on Bay Street, which is kind of like our financial section in Toronto, which is a strange place to be, but it was because I had a small child and I needed a nine-to-five job, and um, it was a a pretty awful experience because the doctors there were part of, like, corporate Canada, and that's a whole other story, but then I ended up working in community health centers and, um, and just surprisingly saw this really amazing role of community health nurses. So then I went back to school to Ryerson University to get my Bachelor of Applied Arts in Nursing because at the time you could, um, um, there were nurse practitioner courses, but you could also take a program like that and develop your skills to work in a nurse practitioner role. So I did that. And again, working in um, various community health centers that are publicly funded in our system. Um, really, really interesting places. It was a big learning curve for me. Maybe you could tell us a little bit, a little bit about how that community health system works in Canada, because it's it's different than here in the U.S. Obviously, yeah. and sure. Um, so uh, it was probably in the early nineteen seventies that community health centers began to pop up across the country. And um, in the province of Ontario, that's what I'm most familiar with, um, they are generally community-based, initiated by the community, who puts together a board of directors. Uh, They're not-for-profit. 
They're fully funded by the Provincial Ministry of Health. And they all vary a little bit, but in general, they, um, they respond in a primary health care model to issues in their community. So in one community called South River, River, Riverdale that I worked in, uh, there was a huge amount of lead pollution from uh, heavy metal plants and various other, there were various other polluters in the community. So that the focus of much of the work there was environmental. Uh, children uh, were being tested for and having high lead levels. So there was a huge amount of advocacy to try to deal with the polluters. <clears throat> and the uh, staffing mix at community health centers is is very different depending on which one you're talking about. But in general, they have um, primary care physicians, uh, nurses and nurse practitioners, health promoters, um, and other community health centers might have a mental health team or they might have a homeless team doing outreach. Um, and some now have supervised injection sites um, because of the opiate crisis. So they're really, really different. Some are more multicultural, um, again, responding to what the community is. There's no extra billing. Um, okay. Everything is covered by the provincial health plan. And unique to community health centers, they can also see people who are uninsured. And that the only people that would be uninsured essentially would be uh, refugees uh, that mm -hmm. maybe are covered by the federal plan and or maybe visitors so to Canada. Um, so in general, there was a, quite a period of time where um, um, women who were pregnant and were refugees were not able to get uh, federal coverage for their needs and community health centers filled that gap. There was a long time as well, I should say, that homeless people who did not have their health card on them were refused care in the existing um, other healthcare system, the hospitals, etc. And um, we advocated and eventually that got fixed, but they would have also been able to be seen at community health centers. So it's really, really, uh, they're very special, they're very popular. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It would have never occurred to me that someone would be refused care in Canada. Like it just, the way it's built to us is that it's just everyone gets it and it's easy and it's that simple. Yeah, well, and some of the refusal of care is around stigma and discrimination. So I should add that. <laughs> and that's everywhere in the system. Yeah, that, I guess it's everywhere there's, there's anything. Um, so why don't you talk to us a little bit about what street nursing is? Sure. So um, even though I've described the community health center model as so wonderful, <laughs> um, I did my personal experience was that depending on who the physicians were and depending on the composition of the board of directors or who the executive director was, um, the role of nurses was always fluctuating. Um, and that was very frustrating. So if you had, for example, a couple of nervous doctors that were not so experienced or not respectful or understanding of what the nursing role is, they really clamped down and prevented you from working to your full capacity. And that's a common experience still to this day. So anyway, so one thing led to another and um, a little organization that I knew about it was called Street Health, two words, Street Health. Um, they had just received funding 
to provide um, homeless health care. They had been doing it as volunteers, but they pushed and pushed and finally got full funding. So I applied to go and work there, and their mandate was specifically to provide health care to people that were homeless in downtown Toronto who themselves had identified that they were poorly served and discriminated against in the existing healthcare system. So it was very much a primary healthcare model that was developed with, uh, with us doing clinics, uh, nursing clinics in, in, in sites that were either drop-ins or shelters. And the term drop-in refers to like a daytime program that's not an overnight shelter but provides meals and activities and places where homeless people can go. Okay. So I did that um, and at the same time there were a very small number of other nurses at other organizations doing similar work. Um, so there are a couple of um, faith-based organizations, you're probably familiar with Covenant House and another one called Evergreen and there was a shelter that had a nurse and so we pulled them all together to form a street nurses network so that we could share information. It still exists to this day. It's over, well, it's about 25, 30 years old now. Uh, and that was really important because over the years we began to see uh, certain extremely interesting but concerning uh, waves of new issues. So we saw, for example, tuberculosis return, uh, oh. bed bugs return. Um, more recently, strep A, uh, group A strep uh, outbreaks, um, or walk virus. So it was a way that you wouldn't feel that you were seeing it alone. You could kind of track these issues and, and then develop collective responses to them that often involved advocacy. So um, after that, I, I just moved and worked, went back to a community health center to run the nursing outreach program that was specifically for homeless people. Okay. Right now in downtown Toronto, there are just tons and tons of organizations providing health care to people that are homeless. We've had an explosion of homelessness. Um, we actually formed an advocacy group back in 1998 that declared homelessness to be a national disaster. Uh. And, and that actually led to a new federal program. Um, of funding, which is really um, extremely unusual. But I, I'm, this is a rough guess, but there's probably about a hundred street nurses across the country in Canada. Okay. There's probably about 25, 30 in Toronto. They all work at different organizations and they may have another job title such as nurse practitioner or uh, public health nurse. Uh, or a clinic nurse, but in general, they would consider themselves street nurses. The term street nurse got coined by a homeless man. It was seen as a compliment because somebody might refer to a homeless friend as a street brother or sister. And so we, we took the term on, but we use it as a political term to say homelessness has gotten so bad in this country that there's a whole nursing specialty now that has evolved. Wow. Yeah, that's that's huge. So what drew you to, to this kind of work, Kathy? Well, as I said earlier, it was actually really to be in a, a place uh, free of uh, restraints. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I had no intention to do homeless health care. It was just being driven to work at a nursing entity that was independent. Um, and then every day was so interesting and different than the rest and challenging that 
I've stayed with it for a very long time. Yeah, and we you know seen your website and the the talks that you've done and the the other work that you've done. Um, what led you to the social justice piece of it? Since you like you say you came into this just looking for autonomy of practice. Um, well, I've been involved. Um, from back in the 80s with forming a group called Nurses for Social Responsibility and um, we were um, a somewhat parallel group to the physician, the international physician group but we looked at issues beyond nuclear disarmament. We looked at uh, access to choice for women, we looked at um, homelessness, we looked at um, uh, environmental issues and that was a group that lasted for about 10 years um, and so we were always um, struggling and learning how to do advocacy because of course it was not really taught in nursing school and uh, we were very welcomed by other activist groups um, during that period of time so we would march in International Women's Day and, and, and do take part in other demonstrations and we published a newsletter and then a nationally distributed magazine. So it was all of that that was kind of carrying on with groups of nurses beginning to look at those issues. That So it just felt natural. So do you consider yourself an activist first? Um, no, I think I, <laughs> uh, I think nurse first and mm -hmm and activist. Um, yeah, uh, a colleague once said, why do you always say you're a nurse when you're doing these things? And, and so I think that kind of says it all. I, I do see myself as a nurse first. I think that, you know, nurses are really well equipped to be at the forefront of social activism. We, we, are, we tend to be the front line for seeing all of the things that you've described earlier. Um, you know, such as the resurgence of communicable disease and issues with homelessness with your patients that are coming in and that you're seeing in the community centers. Um, how do you feel um, that nurses should be in, in terms of social activism? And do you feel like we're doing enough? Or are we even being trained for it? I spoke about this last night at my book launch describing how nurses... Um, for example, in, in war, nurses have, who have been involved in, in war, are they see the most intimate horrors of that and should be the most vocal in terms of anti-war work. <laughs> um, and also in part because we have been, as a profession, we have benefited a lot from war in terms of, in Canada, there's a long history of nurses um, being relegated to a higher status in the profession if they've been in the military. Um, if you look at the death penalty, um, that was something I worked on quite a few years ago in Canada. Um, so again, there's an example where nurses can be involved in either administering the death penalty or in some cases around the world involved in torture or the withholding of treatment for people. And in, in those cases, it's, it's also logical that nurses should be advocates on those issues. So we did that and, and prevented the return of the death penalty in Canada. And that's a very current issue in some of your states in the United States. Yeah. Um, and so I think there are just so many examples, um, especially if you look at 
uh, environmental issues, for example, um, we were very involved in the, the California grape boycott in Canada, which had several um, waves of, of activity. And that was just a direct result of seeing the impact of pesticide use on, on the farm workers. So there's just a, a million possibilities of ways that nurses, based on what they're seeing, can speak out. And we're not teaching it. We're absolutely not teaching it. Yeah. Um, and that's incredibly discouraging. And the one piece of hope I have is that um, I'm based at Ryerson University in the politics department, um, but I engage with people all across the university and nursing students there have formed a group called Ryerson Nursing Students for Social Justice. And they had a conference um, this year called um, Unlearn. And I, I don't know why they chose that title, but in, in essence, I think they were trying to unlearn some of the, the rigid teachings they've had and because they had a whole bunch of topics that were very social justice focused it was fabulous well that's fantastic it's uh, the new generation of of uh nurses moving forward hopefully will have much more impact right i hope so yeah so what do you think that we can do to um, encourage a sustained Im impact from for, for nurses that are already here as, aside from encouraging students coming up um, so I think our I mean I think our professional groups have a role to play in that um, and some do it better than others <laughs> we mm -hmm. have um, something in Canada called the Canadian Federation of Nurses Unions and they are it's an amalgamation of all the provincial unions. They are very progressive. Uh, in Ontario, we have a very progressive uh, professional nursing group called RNAO. Um, I think nurses have to kind of take it upon themselves to form interest groups or take part in activities of other groups based on things they're interested in. Um, my book is like a huge, my book is called A Knapsack Full of Dreams. Memoirs of a Street Nurse, and it's just, you know, a whole learning experience about how to do activism on different issues. Um, so why don't why don't you talk to us a little bit about the book, Kathy? Um, what what inspired you to write it? Um, so I was um, from two thousand and nine to two thousand and thirteen. I was unemployed, uh, essentially, really at the peak of my career. Um, I had just finished. Um, I had just finished a five-year what's called Atkinson Economic Justice Fellowship, which is comparable to your MacArthur Fellowship in the States, I've been told. So okay. I had just finished that and I landed um, and I, I landed literally homeless, but I was unemployed or underemployed, but I was constantly busy working on all the same homeless issues and uh -huh. students, students and others were constantly coming to me to learn. So I decided after I told a bunch of stories different times to students such as you know I remember one day saying you know I nursed during the Cold War and their eyes went wide like what does that mean? Um, or um, talking about developing um, a coalition on tuberculosis and how we forced an inquest to happen. So 
they, they were constantly like giving me feedback of like they want to learn more. So I, I sat down and wrote the book. <laughs> so and the knapsack is a reference to my my street nurse outreach bag. It's now in the Canadian Museum of History in Ottawa. Um, and th but the title comes from a, a phrase that describes Tommy Douglas, who was the founder of Medicare in Canada. He was uh -huh. described as having a suitcase full of dreams. So mine is a knapsack full of dreams. You know, meaning, you know, we have to dream. And his was about having good roads and good schools. And, of course, mine I talk about, uh, you know, peace and anti-war work. I talk about fighting the return of the death penalty. I talk about being part of the anti-apartheid movement. And then there's tons of chapters on ho homelessness. So... Um, yeah, so I wrote it in a year and then had to spend a bit of time trying to get it published. And then I added another chapter um, a couple of years ago. So I had my book launch last night. So um, that's, that's pretty fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, thank you. So where can we find it? Uh, if you go to my website, it tells you all the places you can order it. Um, you can order it online and have it delivered through uh, Freeze and Press. That's my publisher, um, okay. which is uh, and the, and they print actually in the states, so you might get it quicker than Canadians. Um, <laughs> there's um and there's also five e-platform ways that you can get it through Nook and Kindle and and it's it's also on Barnes and Noble, um, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and Indigo websites. But if you okay. go to, if you go to freeze and uh, if you go to my website it tells you all the options. Yeah, and your and what's your website, Kathy, for anybody who wants to find it? Uh, kathycrow.ca. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, especially the day after your book launch. Hello, Marion. Hello, Angela. How's oh, it going? It's wonderful. How are you? I'm great. So we just finished talking with Kathy Crow, who is a street nurse in Canada. She was pretty fascinating. Yes, yeah, she was incredible, really inspiring. I love this episode so much. Mm -hmm. I am a firm believer that nurses should be leading, well, we should be leading in all things, but we should especially be leading in social justice and activism. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Why do you think we don't? Well, I think she talks about it in the podcast. We're not educating nurses or nursing students in what it means to be an activist and in these social justice areas. And so I think it's hard for nurses to feel like they can then go and do these things. Right. Unless you grew up with it. So it's funny because she considers herself a nurse first mm -hmm. and then an activist or everything else. Right. I'm on the other side of that. I consider myself an activist first and everything else second. Uh -huh. But it's because I started out as an activist at a very young age. Yes. That's right. I remember. So it's all about where you come from and where you started. And she's been a nurse for so long. Yeah. Leading in so many social justice areas. Yeah. So inspiring. Yeah. She was. She was really inspiring. Um, I'm excited to read her book, A Knapsack Full of Dreams, which she just recently launched that can be purchased on Amazon. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa DiDonato and Marion Leary and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing 
with special thanks to our Department of Information Technology Services for their assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Follow us on Twitter at Penn Nursing. Until next time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through. <laughs>